Hey, everybody, it's Josh here. And I just wanted to take a quick minute before the show gets started to just tell everyone that's listening. Thank you. Any way in any manner in which you consume this, whether it's downloading, listening on YouTube, liking our Instagram posts, following us on there, going to the website and clicking it. However, that mechanism is that you choose to consume the content that we produce. I just wanted to say thanks. And on behalf of myself, obviously, and everyone here at Game Rage, we all thank you because knowing that you're out there and you're listening. And if we can just entertain one person, then really that makes all the blood, sweat, tears, everything we put into this worth it. And I know I'm sounding like a martyr right now, but I just wanted to show our appreciation, I suppose. And also to, you know, just remind everyone to follow us on Instagram and TikTok at game rage magazine and to follow us on Twitter and X or slash X at Game Rage Mag, and to also visit our website, www.gameragemagazine.com. And again, thank you from everyone here and myself at Game Rage. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for listening. Welcome to the Game Rage Music Show. There we go. All right, now here we are for... Game Rage Music, episode number five. Goddamn, I can't believe we've already recorded five episodes of this. That's kind of crazy. Yes. Uh, anyways, as usual, I am Josh, one of your hosts, and I'm also here with my co-host, Adam. Howdy. And today we have a few interesting kind of topics or threads, as Adam likes to refer to them as, to go down. The first of which, which I am curious because I am, you know, very lazy and don't don't really pay attention to stuff. But I am curious to know what if if there are any updates with uh, Jocko Watch 2023. Okay, yeah. Uh, so as of today, uh, I forgot what time it was, but uh, today Jocko Teen uh-huh. appeared on Jose Galvan's uh, KCRW program. Uh, some played somewhere. Between like the 20, 20 minute and 2024, 20, 20, uh, 20 minute and 24 minute mark. So if you go and check out his replay, uh, you'll find her being played. But yeah, she was played on US radio officially today, which for, was uh, for the first time, as far as we know. As right? far as I know, she's this is her first official airway, like. Hitting the fucking FCC, yeah, yeah. Uh, airwaves, yeah, uh, commissioned airway or, yeah. or uh, regulated. So, airway, yeah. So then, is this that happened today? Then, right, or was that last night on his? 
Uh, I mean, his, did he do it in the t- like in the daytime or was it? It was from ten to one. 1 ten to one a.m. Okay, yeah. so then it was okay. So it was technically last night then, because today's. Uh, yeah, actually, no, it was last night because it was at ten. 10 you said it was like twenty to twenty-four minutes. Yeah, in, it so was like t- into his program. Yeah, right. so so then yeah, so it was last night, t- uh, the the twenty-first of August, because today's the twenty-second. So you can look on the KCRW uh, thing and. Well, actually, yeah, there, right? on the, on the replay it says twenty-first, since I guess it. Well, yeah, the majority of the program was. Was the twenty first, yeah. So, all right. Well, that's uh, that's pretty cool. So, what do you think the implications of that are now that it's officially been done? Because I know we we tried to like catch it last time and and, and it didn't happen, obviously, because of the goddamn the, fucking the, Trump indictments. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, shit. I was I was like, oh, I I don't know if it's gonna happen this week, just because. Uh, well, we didn't know what the hurricane situation was right, like, and yeah. it didn't turn out to be a farce. Yeah, but. Uh, I, I don't know. I think it's really cool to hear her on the like U.S. airwaves. I'm sure this dude is, um, hearing the music. I, I think you, if you're working at a radio station, you're gonna try to get this into everybody's hands, like, right. or at least try to, just because you don't want to miss an opportunity to play what, in my opinion, is a once in a generation artist. So, yeah, I, I think you tell your colleagues and say like. Hey, this is an artist because uh, you know everybody's taste in music is different. Some people right, are like yeah. there's there's different there's a difference between like breath content and deaf content. I guess is like you know breath being um, a variety of music mm-hmm. and maybe not so much uh, emphasis on one. And then deaf obviously is self explanatory where you you know a DJ might know one subject really well. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you know I don't know how that'll work out, but I'm sure he's gonna tell everybody. Hey, there's this girl. You know, check her out. If you guys want to play her on her program yeah. and you guys can do something about it, here's here's her, you know, fucking music and do what you can about it. But I have, I, I think, I'm optimistic that we'll be seeing more of her on maybe some of the other programs yeah. on KCRW. But uh, as far as, like, her future goes, man, um, just in general, uh well, I guess I, I kind of wrote like a long thing on Instagram. I, I speculate maybe um, for the rest of the year, we're not going to see maybe any additional music. I could mm-hmm. be totally like, again, this is my own take on what the future of Jocko Teen holds. Right, right. Um, and I, I guess this is part of what the podcast is dedicated to is the future of music itself. Yeah. Um, which is something that we'll get to later. But uh, I speculate for the next couple months that I don't think she will be releasing uh, new music just because I, I think this is a good starting point is to work around the single first and try to like shop it around to other radio stations yeah. and 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 finding out like how to to get the most out of this thing. I don't see her releasing another single because it, uh, as many know, or as many may not know, the music industry basically shuts down from, uh, December to January. So it's like, you don't want to release music that during that time. Mm, yeah. And, um, I don't want to say it's a waste cause it's never really a waste to put out music to get yourself out there. Like, you know, every, 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 uh, song is an opportunity to you know go number one with the bullet as right they say. yeah yeah um and it would suck well the only thing i would say is that it would suck for her to release a second single somewhere around october 
uh, November and then have the whole industry shut down and then have to start from scratch once more. So it's like, right. why not let, why not let this one sit and you try to do the most with it, with w- it. Yeah. W- with what you can. Um, and then I think for the rest of the year, she's just going to be playing shows as much as possible by speculate that in 2024, at some point, I don't know when, uh, that she'll, make her first u.s appearance maybe here in los angeles i the only reason i say so is because there's this promoter or brand called it's a school night i wasn't really too sure about this brand having a presence in the uk i didn't even know they had presence in the uk but um they hosted a show with jocko teen in the uk I, i imagine in england specifically yeah but uh they're i know them for being here and they do a lot of showcases of like new artists, right? Okay. So they must have some kind of arrangement going on with her. So like, why if if they ha- if it happened there, why wouldn't it happen here, here at yeah. some point? So I speculate that if Jocko Teen is going to make her first Los Angeles appearance, it's going to be with It's a School Night at some point. Um, and then from there, I think, uh, well. I think there's going to be a stream of releases or rather uh, a a sequential release schedule for her where maybe we'll get a bunch of singles Mm. uh, and maybe that'll be the plan for the next three to five years. I don't think we're going to get an album anytime soon because it's, well, one, I think it's way too soon. Um, Who the hell knows about Jock? Not to say that she's not great or anything, but like who the hell knows about her, uh, in in the U.S. or anywhere yeah, she else. has any kind of marketability or appeal to a U.S. just audience, yet, right? Right, yeah. But it's also like if you were a record label, or even if you were Jocko Teen yourself. I mean, I mean, she's very young, so I don't know if she has that mindset yet. But uh, there is a narrative there, and yeah. it's 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 this girl uh, who was in a life threatening situation. She had leukemia at a I guess, you know, I don't know when she developed it, but now she's in remission, you know, thank goodness, because it'd be a shame to not have a voice like that in the world. Like, right. Uh, so I think what will end up happening is, uh, as far as like her story, it's, it's that. And then also kind of like the, the very cool moment of her going through a contest, the, the triple J unearth high <laughs> contest mm-hmm. and, and eventually winning it and seeing her mu- music featured on triple J itself. Um, that that's, that's kind of her story so far, but you need three years to get to like the more interesting bits, right? Like that right. was the starting point. Now we need the second act. Like what's what? how do we get to fucking the debut album? And it needs to be built up. Like we need yeah. to build the audience. We need to build, because th- the way I see it, it has to fucking be a monumental moment in fucking music history that this girl releases an album. Like, uh, I mean, I remember kind of when uh, when Adele released her album. Like, uh-huh, oh my yeah. god, this nineteen year old girl that has the fucking vocal pipes of, uh, well, this is like one of the greatest voices that we heard. Yeah. Uh, so, I think it has to be that type of situation where it's like. As, as they say uh, in wrestling, it, the moment has to be fucking nuclear. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, or uh, there has to be a lot of heat on this. So that's why I think it's going to take three to five years to where the point it, where she has like three million followers or uh, monthly listeners on Spotify. Or maybe she has a million fucking 
Instagram followers and like it has to the conditions have to be exactly right. So yeah. um that's kind of like the roadmap of I see for her right. in, in general. As opposed to the uh, I guess the inverse of that being oh man, they just rush and put out an album, blow their load too early and then she just fucking kind of fizzles out and, it, and then it goes nowhere. Yeah. Or she becomes some kind of a mid low to mid level artist i guess or whatever and then that's it that's it it fizzles out and it is what it is yeah i mean granted luckily for her i mean she's very young she's only 16 so i mean granted if they waited three to five years and she put out her first album when she was 19 or 20 and then everybody's been building up like you said this narrative or this storyline leading up to this release and then just building the anticipation of oh man we got to have this when this comes out you know um just out of curiosity what kind of audience or listenership do you think that uh jose galvan's show on kcrw gets like is there i don't know if you can quantify it in like numbers or if that's the answer i guess i'm looking for but what do you think that there's an audience of the type of people that normally listen to his music that will maybe take this and run with it and start sharing it or saying oh man i heard this fucking song and they downloaded it you know you think that's a possibility i think so i mean i don't i don't know Dude, there's there's no way to, for me to find out what like the numbers for each program on KCRW yeah. is, but I definitely think there's people. I mean, that guy's debuted really great music, and you know, he's, I see people posting videos of like, I heard this really great song on. Uh, and sure, maybe it might be like five to ten people, but there could be like fifty to a hundred people that are yeah for for all I know. But I can't, I couldn't tell you. But I definitely think at least. For the people, I don't want to say the people that matter, but if I had, to, if I had to <laughs> yeah. say it, like, um, I, th- I think it would fall into the right hands if, uh, if need be. Like, like I said, it's going to fall into the DJ's hands. It's going to fall into the, yeah, the program director's hands. Those are the people you want to know, right? Like, it, right? Do, what do you think about this? Like, do you think people need to be told what they need to hear or? Do you think people can find can come to their own conclusions about what's good in, is, with respect to music? So, I think there's a little bit of both. I think the majority of it, though, and and maybe this is you know a conspiracy, Josh, but the, I, I you know the NPC people, right? Like the, the NPC. People, <laughs> I, I think that the That's majority. Cool. <laughs> I mean, I'm just saying. I think the majority of people are in that category where they're more of uh they just follow the trend they just get told what they what they should be listening to it's like um that the lego movie with, with every the way that thing goes right and everything is awesome and everybody is told what to like hey here's the new coffee that you're supposed to drink and here's this the majority of consumers i feel are that way yeah now okay oh, oh no i was just gonna say like i mean it's a, for example like the pump pumpkin spice marks dude that like uh during october yeah, november right, yeah they're like eat this consume it it's delicious yeah and i mean yeah maybe it's not for everybody but people will buy the shit out of it because they're told to buy it and i think music consumption or entertainment in general i feel like is kind of the 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 same way where if it's shoved down your throat you're gonna eventually just just take it and when it comes to music in general yeah i think that like you okay you for example you have this like weird ability to be able to not only find stuff that is is sort of not 
necessarily within the mainstream, but find the the good stuff about it, right? Yeah. And so I I don't I can't do that. I can't like find something and be like, oh, this is gonna be the next fucking big thing, or or have any you know. I just think, oh yeah, this is cool. And now, granted, I don't think I necessarily consume music like an NPC because I I think I have more of a a wide ranging taste of music because I'm not like the other girls. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I I think that the majority of people have their set kind of genres that they like and that's it they're not really open to hearing anything different so the people that like the main and this is the thing that and i think we said this a little bit when we were talking about her before jacquatine in general but i i just hope my hope is that they don't turn her into like this fucking poppy commercial full full blown and i know that there's gonna need to be an aspect of that they're gonna need to have a single that's probably very appealing to the masses one of the singles needs to be that to get people in to buy the album and then let her do her thing in terms of the music for the rest of it. Right. Do that one commercial pop. Make that a fucking music video. Whatever you got to do to get people behind the hype train. I get that, you know, but I don't want them. To, I don't want her to get lost in the shuffle. I, I, I think that's what it's going to take is something like that to get people on board fully. To, to invest in her is she's going to need some sort of mainstream because this song obviously it's a rough you know club recorded single right I think it's a low stakes song yeah of it, course it is because it's, it's they're, they're claiming it's a demo right and sure it's recorded well enough to the point that it's not there's no audible right, it errors yeah, it doesn't anything. sound like ass I it mean. doesn't sound like ass but I feel like they did that on purpose so it was low stakes. So like, there's not they're not setting the bar super high. Yeah, and they're just saying, oh, this is an introduction to this, and then maybe the next one will be something a little more a studio quality song. Yeah, and then once they kind of maybe see that there's some hype going on behind that, then cool, release a couple more, and then kind of maybe some sort of general, you know, I don't know, not not pop, like like some sort of generalized commercial type song that's not probably something that i'm sure she would want to do but but you got to do so you got you got to pay the man right you gotta you gotta you gotta offering to the gods essentially right and it's not easy like i i think i've come around to pop music because i i was kind of against it for like a long time but mm. i mean we all have our guilty pleasures man like yeah. britney spears i was like i was kind of was kind of into that yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who was it well uh, same thing i mean if you look at backstreet boys the nsync the boy band phase that was all just straight up poppy fucking mainstream commercial everything is awesome consume this shit and god damn it I, there's part of me that fucking loved it yeah i still listen to it every you know it pops up on my playlist and i'm just like oh man this is fucking god these these were knee knee slappers man yeah uh, oh boy <laughs> And and that's that's like the type of stuff that I think someone like her is gonna need to do something one song kind of like in that vein where you have a all the producers because that's what the Backstreet all that that boy band shit was highly engineered they didn't write any of the music they didn't even write any of the lyrics they all just basically were put together to perform songs that the the record label basically created and wrote right yeah so. I feel like that she's going to need something that's got that heavily involved and commercialized process for a, a one or two songs. And then that way that's your singles and that fucking puts it out there. Okay, cool. That'll get her some mainstream, you know, appealability, I feel like. And then that's, I think that's the, really the ticket to get her to be like through the moon. You know, yeah, I mean, I think there's, I mean, if, if there is going to be one song, it's probably going to be, be about love or breakups or some, cause it's kind of like a, yeah. tr a treaded over subject. It's been beaten by a horse or whatever. Right. Yeah, yeah. And, um, 
Yeah, like, I, I don't know why I think of this artist named Dua Lipa, but her lyrics don't really have any kind of depth to them. They're mm-hmm. just... The, the music is really catchy and the lyrics are kind of mad, but it's like her voice is kind of like the the the, the main point of it, I guess yeah. you could say. The main draw. And... Um, yeah, I just may, maybe there will be one song like that, but I also see the counterpoint to that. Where because uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on the last program, but uh, and this is something else to add to the Jocko Teen uh, fucking speculation or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, my nose itch- was itching, but um, so this girl she performed a three three song set. I think it was for Triple J, and I don't know if it was like a festival or whatever, but. She played this song. Um, I can't. I, I can't remember what it was called. It was like "Still with Me" or some, something along those lines. Mm-hmm. And there's this. I know this girl's kind of got some kind of taste in music, because the reason that I was drawn to that song was there was a sample from another song called Five Four Five Four Four Six was my number from this group called Toots and the Maytals, and they're like kind of like a legacy reggae band or uh reggae rock steady yeah yeah like something along those that spectrum uh and they're you know amongst the people that appreciate that genre they're kind of like the one of the uh legendary artists within the pantheon of that world right like bob marley right right. yeah i think you did mention them before and 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 how that yeah they're in order that's kind of i think you had mentioned about how they that was one of your indicators that Perhaps she was signed by some sort of major label. Was yeah, to license that music's not cheap. No, yeah, it's not cheap, and I think she definitely has an affinity for that music itself. But to even use that music specifically, I mean, I can't imagine that can't cost a pretty penny to have. Right. Yeah. Uh, but that is also something that gives me hope: is that she, if she's using samples like that, then her sound is going to be. A little bit everywhere, hopefully, which would be cool because then, you know, it doesn't have to be all pop. It's like what she really enjoys doing. Um, But anyways, uh, what were we on? Oh, I think we were just talking about, uh, I think the original question you asked me was how people, how do I think people like will consume like music or something like that with in terms of... uh if they, if they have to if be they, told. Yeah, if they yeah. have to be told. And yeah, to answer the question outright, yeah, I think the majority of people need to be told what's good. And I think that's why radio still exists as a medium, I guess, is because, you know, that's what it is. It's just curated, it's highly curated music by whoever the DJ is or theoretically the program manager of the radio station because they're the ones that are most places, I imagine, they just say, hey, this is what you're going to fucking play and, and do it. Uh, where I'm sure there are obviously exceptions to that rule. They also need to make money. So it's right. like, if, if it's commercial radio, they have to play the things that are going to hit. Right, yeah. Uh, and also, you know, the things that are going to allow them to fill ad space. Right, yeah, correct. Because you want to get the most viewership, right? So you want to appeal to the most mass number of people so that you can then sell the ads. So, yeah, yeah so I, I do think that that's kind of an issue with that but also you know like there's things like spotify and and apple music and stuff that have playlists that you know people say oh i want to listen to reggae and then they get hit with the most popular top reggae songs or whatever and it's yeah it's a it's a combination of who is getting the most plays and also i feel like the record companies if they have artists that are within that category i'm sure they're kicking spotify money to put them crank them on the list you know or yeah yeah i mean I don't know how that works exactly if how the relationship between record labels and 
Spotify works. Like there has to be something where there's like a handshake type of thing where maybe it's not shown on fucking uh, transactions. Like there's no, there's no, there's no money being exchanged, but it's like, Oh, you do this for us. We'll do this for you. Like, yeah. Cause I imagine Spotify has their own thing. Uh, cause you know, like every streaming service has their own live session where they have an artist come in and they'll record, uh, like a, not a studio session, but like a live session within a studio. Right. Um, and then they'll, they'll, they'll record that live performance and then that'll be original Spotify content. content yeah. yeah. Original Spotify. So Maybe they'll do it in that way. Um, yeah, that's where they get their kickback. Is it's like, oh, hey, something well, like that. Yeah, yeah. or it maybe other things as well. But um, well, I, I know this ship already sailed, but it's still on the subject. I mm-hmm. suppose mm-hmm. is that um, like pop music itself. Like I, I used to not like it, um, but there has to be some value, or I had to appreciate it to some degree because I don't imagine it's easy to write great songs for everybody like for everybody to listen to right yeah, like yeah. to hear in clubs or for even for you to enjoy in a barbecue or a party it must be really fucking difficult to sit with like a group of 30 people or wh- whatever amount of people uh it takes to make a song yeah and make a fucking hit dude like that's where i think it's that's where i appreciate it it's like you right there has to be a lot of work to put to be put into that. So it, it, it's not just the artist is great. They have a great voice or there's great lyrics or even the melodies are right. Or it, it has to be like, it has to hit on all fucking fronts, dude. Like yeah. it's, so I guess that's where I've come to appreciate pop. I, I suppose. Yeah. And I don't know. I feel like that's where it, it going back to the whole Billy bands thing. I, I think that that's where the, the, the genius of the record companies was, is they said, okay, listen, let's take the best aspect of every single thing that we can do. Right. Let's get somebody who can make just amazing, catchy fucking music beats. Let's get somebody who can write lyrics that speak to the masses. Let's get, uh, okay, we're going to have these these group of guys perform it. Cool. Let's get five of them. Let's get one of each kind of person to appeal. There's the bad boy. There's the fucking the pretty boy. <laughs> yeah, they, you know, they got the Power Rangers fucking yeah. like... Uh, Motif, the, basically, like right? The like the one-dimensional, like, oh, he's the fucking... He's the lone wolf. Yeah. He's the green ranger. <laughs> right, yeah. Here's the, here's the leader. Here's the this guy. Here's the that guy. And every they, they literally curated that to be... Literally garner the most fucking appeal so that you you appealed to every level of the audience, and that's why everybody fucking loved it. And you made songs that were ridiculous in terms of their catchiness. And how could you not like it? That's that's you know, it's ridiculous. But that's the genius of their they made so much goddamn money on those fucking things. And you know, hey, that's that was them evolving with the times back then. They needed, you know, to to create some kind of mainstream craziness, and oh, shit, they did it. And yeah, those dudes that were in there for better or for worse, you know, they uh, some of them benefited, some of them uh, some of them didn't. I forgot the fucker's name, but there was a whole ABC segment uh, that was dedicated to that their manager. Uh-huh. Uh, I guess also the writer. I don't know if he was the writer of the music or he he pulled the talent to write their music but this guy like sexually harassed a, a lot of the <laughs> men i guess wow. uh but yeah. and i think he also stole a lot of their money so any money that was generated from like in scene because he also managed the backstreet boys he was kind of like the the like fuck, the boy band guy the or yeah like the orchestrator of that whole thing and damn. i'm like damn that's fucking crazy and i don't know if you remember but on abc they had a program called uh 
making the band. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Th- remember this that. was like the original one. Yeah. And it's for like, and it was the entire process of how they built a boy right. band from yeah. the, from uh, recruiting all the members to them recording the music. And it was for a band called O Town, but they never oh, went yeah, in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was like by the point where I think the boy band genre or the boy band era was like weaning off and dying yeah. but uh yeah just hearing about that dude and how much of a but but <coughs> excuse me how much of a butt munch he was i'm like <laughs> oh that's kind of fucked up i mean those guys probably didn't make a dime and the only person that probably would have made money is justin timberlake who later would go on to have a solo right yeah and everybody else kind of they they tried so the didn't 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 go anywhere yeah he was the only one that made it you know out um and you know it's funny because we'll have to have katie on here and talk about because there was a dude that she went to high school with and she was in like the drama class or whatever yeah and he he was in one of those like boy bands that got like created or whatever he got like recruited to be in it and i can't fucking remember the name off the top of my head but um she, they were like friends and stuff and they were in the drama club together and then he ended up once that because it was like a f- semi-famous like boy band and once I'll, th- I'll have to ask her and we'll talk about it on the next episode but um they once they fizzled out he he, he went on like broadway and he's like a he's like a broadway guy or whatever he does like uh you know the musicals and shit which is cool like i mean because he's a he, apparently he's a really good vocalist or whatever that makes sense because it's like if you were in a boy band you you have to do the choreographing and well not the choreographing itself but the dancing well yeah you got to be able to dance and, and and to do the fucking singing as well, like that's all, yeah. That's well, and you got to be in hella good shape to do that at the same time. So it's like you know, obviously going to some being musicals after that is probably your next you know natural progression, I guess, to still maintain your some position in the entertainment industry. But um, but yeah, I just thought that was interesting because it's like, oh man, we're talking about boy bands. It's like, oh yeah, fucking Katie knows some dude that was in. Maybe I can see if she's still friends with me. We can get him on here, man. <laughs> fucking oh, interview. Shit, man. That'd, that'd be that'd interesting. Be cool. That'd be fucking hella interesting. But. Yeah, anyways, did you have anything more about this uh, specific topic? Uh, I don't know if I had anything else to add as far as uh, people need to be told what to do. Yeah. Not, well, not to, told what to do, but told what to listen to. And uh, if they... I don't know, man. I, I, I've seen that... There, there was a subreddit that was kind of dedicated to asking, oh, like, what a... What interest do you have in finding new music? Yeah. A lot of people say they fell off. I don't know if it was around college or after college that music was no longer like a priority to them because mm-hmm. at some point they just like kind of settled on what they knew and that that was enough for them. Yeah. And and music discovery is not something that they actively actively pursue. So yeah. I think for a lot of people, and not, that's not me trying to be elitist it's just for a lot of people they don't want to they're not spend, a, they don't it, want to spend the time right. to look for their own music when there's so many curated playlists on spotify itself where they can all the work can be done for them or right, they don't yeah. have the time or they don't want to do it yeah no that's that's true and and yeah i i think that's pretty accurate for the majority of people and honestly i even feel like i kind of sometimes fall into that category where it's just kind of like eh you know i'm not going to dedicate time to going out and looking for stuff now one of the things that we've talked about before too is is the way i i consume music or find new music is like i always picture shit to like how i would play this in a, in a movie or how i'd use this in a show or how i'd use this this song because that's where music gets me is like oh i need i like to go with the visual aspect of it too of what what could this 
audio representation be best utilized in in a vi- with with com- a combination of a visual representation too, right? And so when I hear shit like I, I immediately think of, oh man, how could I use this in something? How could I put this in a uh, you know in like a promo video or like what could this be? utilized for and sometimes i've found music just on like um like uh, there's a show on hulu uh letter kenny right and oh yeah, yeah yeah it's like the canadian you know they're canadians or whatever and they go do canadian stuff like farming and hockey and whatever yeah and the guy who writes that show he literally talks about how music is a very it's all it's not the forefront but it's close to to the whole aspect of the show and so man some of the shit that he does with the music and I've found a lot of new they're all like local Canadian artists to where they're from which is kind of cool that he's featuring them in you know um the the, the show yeah. and kind of getting them some extra bonus pumps or whatever right but it's kind of the way he uses the songs and shit it's like oh man this is like exactly how I would use this in my own mind and it's like this is fucking cool to see somebody kind of doing that same thing of kind of how I do it but like you know they're successful and you know I'm just a shitbag but <laughs> we're, not, we're, we're not there yet but we, we will be oh yeah for sure uh, I haven't seen Letterkenny itself but I saw fucking um, I saw Shorzy like the mini yeah, yeah. series that was on Hulu uh, that show was really cool and I have to say yeah the music was pretty pretty cool uh there there was one scene i think it's the first episode that i liked uh there, there was a song i think it's called cream soda from volga mm-hmm. and i don't know if they're like a russian artist i think they are but um yeah it's it's something where like shorzy and this fucking uh native american guy are going to a local nightclub in yeah. like some obscure so obscure town, Canadian yeah. town, and like I'm like this song is really cool, but and it it's funny because like uh, to think that well this small Canadian town has like a nightlife and yeah it, yeah it, I don't know what it was, but it was just like a really cool scene. I'm like the song's really bitching, so I'm like I'm gonna fucking add that to my yeah to my Spotify. Yeah, I've, I've downloaded a bunch of shit off of watching that show because uh, there was that's how I found this one. I don't know if they're a group or if it's just one guy, but they're they're called Hadouken. And I'd never heard of them before. And I'm like, Hadouken. I'm like, oh, that's cool. Like from Street Fighter reference there. I was yeah. like, that's kind of cool. And they do like techno electronica kind of music. Yeah. And it's fucking super catchy, man. This one song, Oxygen. Oh, shit, man. It's like it, whenever it comes on my playlist, dude, I fucking just turn that shit all the way up. And it's just like, like it's all it's, it's crazy. It's, it's fucking good, too. And it's like it's just like it's got this good rhythm to it. And I was just the way he they used it in the in the show was fucking awesome, too. And I'm just like, oh, man, this is fucking sweet. But yeah, it's it's it, but see, if I was in the type of people that oh, man, I don't, I'm not open to like looking that up. And then, you know, you go and you look in and you find other shit. Cause once I find something, a one song that I like, well, I want to hear what other shit they got. So let me go through and see what else they got in there. What's their top songs. Let me hear them and see if I like any of them. And then, you know, so I, I sometimes get into that category. Like I was saying, Oh, I just don't want to hear shit. I, I know. I like what I, I know what I like and I like what I know. And then there's the other majority of the time is like, well, shit, this sounds really good, but let me see what else they got, you know, and then let me hear it. So you've also, you know, kind of opened my horizons and stuff because, you know, you're, you're going out and finding all this shit that now I have to then listen to, which is great because now it's like, oh, cool. I don't, you know, I wouldn't be finding this shit on my own. I wouldn't for, to, I guess, segue into our next topic, uh, the, the 100 Gex thing. We've kind of talked, oh, go ahead. I I wanted to interject real quickly and say that, uh, on the subject of finding things on, um, on television shows or different medias. Yeah. Uh, so this game came out called Bomb Rush Cyberfunk, and it's kind of... It's a spiritual sequel or an an homage to this game called Jet Set Radio that was on, oh, the, Dream, yeah, man. on the Dreamcast. And 
man, like I never had that fucking game, but I knew the soundtrack was really good from like the trailers or even just some of the, uh, what, what do you call it? The, um, the preview of the game itself, like before the title screen. Yeah. Um, and I didn't, you know, I, I just, I heard the music before cause I think my cousin had it. I'm like, Oh, this is so cool. It's like, it's like, uh, street culture it's like graffiti right and yeah fucking because that was the whole point of the game was you were like roller skating and you go around and graffiti shit right yeah yeah and and there was like hip-hop music there was yeah. like drum and bass electronic music and there was fucking i don't know why this was in the game but they had rob zombie or white zombie the the dracula song oh yeah but yeah. it was like a remix version and the the soundtrack was super cool but again like with the letter kenny situation that was one game that i was kind of excited for to hear what artist um would be featured on the soundtrack yeah and they actually got the guy from jet set radio uh i think his name is like hideki naganuma or something like that Mm. that guy makes great music he actually made original music for jet set radio so i was like curious to hear what he was going to do with this soundtrack and um if anybody is curious um while while there isn't an, an official soundtrack for from like the company itself uh-huh. if you type in um bomb bomb rush cyberfunk you can find like a couple playlists that are the the actual soundtrack for the game that you can listen to so you kind of have like an idea of what the the music of yeah, the game yeah. sounds so highly recommend if you guys enjoy jet set radio because that was a really fucking good game for the dreamcast but uh that, yeah that's all i had to yeah just, just to again we're, we're getting more more length out of this topic than i thought but because you got me thinking about something else too so there was this game it's it was called the impossible game i don't know if you ever played it oh yeah yeah and <laughs> dude that fucking game is the soundtrack's amazing that's the reason you keep going back to play it i feel like and it was synced with the, the, the movements, yeah. yeah. So if you, because it was it was fucking difficult, and then if you synced up your button mashing to jump and do that stuff with the music, you could theoretically complete the level without even looking at it. You yeah. could just close your eyes and just do it to the beat, and you could like you could you could get it, which was really cool too, because that was just kind of a sweet concept, and that was like a game that was on the Xbox Live Arcade that was like a dollar ninety nine or yeah. two dollars or some shit, and. Yeah, the game was impossible because as the fucking beats got more advanced and intricate, you could you just it was hard to just keep yeah. up with the button pushing and but and then they would change them up. They would like change up the beats, which was another cool thing about that those songs. And I don't know if there's a soundtrack for it. I mean, goddamn, there should be. If they, if there isn't, there really should be because that shit was cool. And that would be another cool thing to do is create like a, a game like that and then be able to engineer a soundtrack to it that's funky and sweet, but it goes with whatever the game. Like that would be kind of cool. Yeah, there there is like a whole genre for that. There's um, I th- well at least the the PC version or the indie version is this thing called yeah. Beat Mania, uh, and it's like a whole rhythm game where you press buttons on uh-huh. a keyboard and like it's to match with the beat of the song yeah. um but there was other shit like i mean even before that there was ddr uh, oh that's dance, true dance yeah remix. uh and that game had a lot of fucking great music that was like house dean yeah techno like, type shit yeah. yeah and i'm like oh man i man some i had to look up some of those tracks because there was a song called butter like Samurai. oh the butterfly yes yeah. oh ding ding <laughs> yeah, dude, that song gets me. There's a uh, there's this fucking this like group. They're called uh, oh man the uh, God damn it, I can't remember their name. They're like fucking from Africa, from like South Africa. Um, they have this song called Fish Paste. 
Mm. Hold on, let me let me look it up real quick. But they, yeah. they do this song where they sample that butterfly song. Yeah. And oh man, it's just so good. I'll have to have you listen to it because yeah. it's like it's fucking cool. Because the girl, the female vocalist, she starts doing hi hi hand in my butterfly, yeah. and it's fucking great. I'm like Jesus, man. It's so it's just so good. Yeah, man. dude. Like, that that whole fucking era of like when those game because I I don't remember how, where the the uh, iterations of the game and I think it got to like DDR three or four. It might, it might have been as high as like seven. I'm yeah, not. Yeah. I'm not entirely sure. But man, I, even when you didn't have the quarters to play that game, you would like press the track list button like to you know forward or backwards, and you yeah. get like a thirty second preview of like the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. the songs or whatever. Uh, or even like you would just stand around to watch people play, and you're just like. You know, yeah, and you're just getting into it. And that, it, it was an event when you would go yeah. to the arcade and people would fucking be playing that game because yeah. you'd just be like, oh, fuck yeah. And then people would try to go and then you'd be like, oh man, who's got next? And somebody would try to beat their fucking score on whatever song it was. Yeah. And like, man, those were the days. Yeah, and there's like one sweaty dude. Well, was yeah, there was. Sweaty dude, yeah, there's yeah. one sweaty dude that was like way too fucking good at the game. I don't know. I don't know how many quarters he spent, but. Oh. I think he knew the track by heart and yeah. he didn't have to look at the screen, uh, the screen and just. Did the entire dance, did all kinds of crazy shit. I've seen that like on four or five separate occasions, but uh, yeah, that that was one thing that I missed about that time is like how how uh, into DDR people were. Like, yeah, it was like a whole fucking event at an arcade. Yeah, yeah, true, true. Um, anyways, that band was or group was called D Antword. That was their oh D Antword. Yeah, yeah, they yeah, do yeah. A, they do a fucking uh, uh, like a like a sampling of that song in in one of their songs. It's fucking sweet. Like it's yeah. pretty good. You have to listen to it. Yeah, but um, anyway, so the, the hundred gex. Yeah, let's 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 move on to the uh, one hundred gex uh, thing. And so we kind of talked about them a little bit. I think last one or last episode or the one before that, but. You introduced me to them, and so I had a chance to listen to more of their songs. Uh, what would you make of it? Um, so I, I think I said this last time that there, there is a part of me that really wants to hate it. There yeah. is a part of me that says this is fucking stupid Zoomer shit, and it's the dumbest shit you've ever heard. And that's how it starts. That's how it starts when you when you hear it. You hear this weird kind of shit going on like that that stupid horse song okay it's like and then somebody and you're like what the fuck is this and they're talking about uh and then you're not really listening to the paying attention to the lyrics and then you just hear this weird i don't know electronic beat or whatever and then all of a sudden it just kicks on and it's like like the bass thing comes in and then it just starts hitting this fucking sweet beat and you're like god damn it now I kind of like this, and then you, and then I sit there and listen to the song further, and then I'm just like, okay, this is objectively good, even though I fucking want to hate it. But then I start even further listening to, then I start analyzing the lyrics and like, okay, that stupid horse song, for example, is literally about them going to the horse track, losing money on a horse, and then robbing the horse track. Basically, that's fucking hilarious. No matter how you fucking chop it up, so that's also got a nice little novelty to me i guess is like oh that's cool these are these are these songs are kind of funny they're about ridiculous things and the music sounds ridiculous but then there are these sprinkled in moments that keep you coming back because it's like they don't do the whole ridiculous thing the whole song they will do some little ridiculous beats and weird shit electronic noises internet some weird shit like that right and then it'll hit up with a legit functional beat that is very catchy and then it'll go back to some weird shit and then it'll hit that beat again and it's just the way they do it is fucking great i don't know why i don't know how but it's pretty fucking it's 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 good the way they're doing that what do, what do you what do you think about it yeah i think it's uh i mean because i 
did not listen to them in in their earliest days because mm-hmm. um, if I had to say I was largely oblivious to the I think they're in and I don't want to fucking miscredit them as being part of the hyper pop movement or genre because uh-huh. uh, I, I know like artists hate being put in a box or whatever but yeah yeah uh, I think they are labeled as like being one of the hyper pop bands and um yeah, I only found them like a couple, I think it was like in 2019 or 2018 or whatever, but I didn't understand it back then and I still don't. I I think it's interesting and, and it's cool in the sense that it's different and um, this is like music that I think is from, I don't know if it's from the future, but, <laughs> but it sounds like it's from the future. Like this is the wild shit that you could never imagine. Like, Oh, what would music sound like in 20, 2075 or some shit like that? Like, that's what it sounds like to me is that this people are really stretching what music could be. And maybe my ears are not ready for that, but I certainly appreciate like the novelty of what they're doing. Cause, um, when it comes to genres and music, man, like I love finding new things. Yeah. But sometimes you're just like not ready for, for things like that. And it, it maybe it's just for like a newer generation that th- this is what their ears. Too, yeah. Yeah. Like what their ears are ready for. And uh, maybe this is like age age seeping in that like there are things that maybe my ears are just closed off to because I'm not ready. Like, or maybe I'll never will be ready. Um, yeah. But it is cool to see like an entirely different genre or thing existing. Cause I mean, I mean, when, when you listen to music, do you ever get tired of listening to the same genre? Cause everybody kind of like, I don't want to say listens to Well, yeah, I guess you would say they listen to the same things. Like everybody listens to rock, funk, hip hop, yeah. all that shit. But sometimes there's that one you're like, nothing's really hitting the spot. So it's like, let me try to see what else is out there. And then you come across a band like a hundred gecks and you're just like, Whoa, shit. Well, this (laughs) is, this is truly different from anything I've heard. Like, yeah. And, and I, I do that too, where sometimes you, yeah, like you said, you're just like, ah, man, this is just not whatever the normal shit you're listening to is just, I'm not in the mood. And when you sent me that, I was kind of like in, I feel like I was kind of in one of those moods for the last like couple of weeks prior to you doing that. I was just kind of like, man, I'm, I, whatever, I'm listening to shit and I'm just not, eh, it's just whatever. I'm just, it's just background music. I'm not really into it. And you sent me that. And then, like I said, I wanted to hate it. And then I wanted to be able to sit here and just talk shit about it. I was like, oh, man, I'm going to have a lot of, a lot of horrible shit to say about this. Good. That'll, that'll bring the heat and it'll raise the fucking stock of this podcast or whatever. And then now I'm just like, shit. This, this is pretty all right. You know, I don't, uh, I can't, I, I want to hate it, but I can't, I, I can't hate it because they're doing something that's so different that I've never heard before. And you're right. Maybe this is age seeping in and maybe, maybe now because I, I was telling somebody we were talking to the other day that I am literally the fucking boomer meme where I have the fucking rap sunglasses, the Oakley rap sunglasses and the goddamn white monster. Wicked. Yeah. And I'm saying, oh, this is wicked, man. Like, you know, that, that is, that is how I feel. I feel like I have become that. And now hearing something like this and, and saying, shit. What's going to happen in five years, right? Like when I'm when I'm forty, and I go, oh, am I not going to be open to this shit? Am I going to be completely closed off because whatever it is that has evolved over the next five years that comes out, that's the new weird experimental shit that the Zoomer kids like. Am I just going to fucking whoop? or like when my daughter is older in you know fifteen years and she's in you know well she'll be twenty and fifteen, but when she's you know in high school, let's say in ten years, am I going to be going? What the fuck are these kids listening to? Like you know, I don't get it. 
I don't understand it and I hate it. Am I, is that going to be me? I don't necessarily want to be that, but I feel like at least giving stuff a try and giving stuff a shot kind of belays that. Cause I don't want to be like my dad. Right. Cause you know, like, I mean, our fathers, at least, well, at least my dad, man, he listens to his shit. You know, he likes fucking Madonna and like Led Zeppelin. And that's like pretty much all he would be open to that type of music listening to. He would not any shit that I would listen to that he would hear. He'd be like, Oh, what is this garbage? I hate this. This is so dumb. And not even being open to it. And then it's just kind of like, I feel eventually, yes, maybe I will age into that when I'm in my 50s or 60s, but I kind of don't want to. I kind of would rather just remain open and being able to listen and not be so stuck in the past. And maybe that's the matrix programming like we've talked about before. It just keeps you kind of stuck in the same loop. You're in like an infinity loop of just doing the same shit and therefore the loop is now closed and you don't want to at least give anything else a chance and give it an opportunity to be heard. So you automatically want to hate it and just say, tell it to go fuck itself. I, I don't even want to listen to this. Nostalgia is a hell of a drug too. Like That's true, it is. It's like the heroin of fucking memory. It's like memory heroin, I guess, me- right? Like, memory heroin, yeah. Because, I mean, dude, I, I'm... And as much as I wish... Is like a what's what's the phrase? Uh, is it be careful for what you wish for? Because for as much as I wish, I want to hear new things, and then I I get something like a hundred gigs come across me. Yeah, um, it's like well, shit, I got exactly what I wanted. Right. Something that's fucking new and different. And, different and, yeah. and then I I turn my back against it. Like how stupid am I? Um, but again, like it, I think when you're listening to something that's entirely new, that there's no there's nothing to precede it or there's no base for comparison yeah. that it, I guess the way you interpret that song is like, well, it's so fucking strange that how there's nothing to compare it to. Like what, how do I measure it? Like if it's yeah. good or not, like, right. Yeah. There's no, it, it's, it's, you can't use the traditional metrics by which you would measure if something is good or not. Yeah. You, you, it doesn't fit any of those technical metrics or uh, quantifiable things that you can measure it with, and, right? And I think your Neanderthal... I'm not talking about you specifically, yeah. but our Neanderthal brain, whenever we don't understand something, is to demonstrate, like, fear. Oh, I don't like this. Mm, like, yeah. to go move away from that. Mm, this dumb. Me no like. Unga <laughs> <laughs> bunga. I go smash rock now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, again, I think it just takes time to warm up to certain things. Because there's definitely... Okay, what was something that you listened to where you like warmed? It took you a while to warm up to. Ah, man, I think um, I can't. I can't really think of anything off the top of my head of what it took me a while to like. Well, see, I guess country music is one of those things where okay, uh, that one song, uh, Lil Nas X, he does that. The you know, I'm take yeah, of course, damn I did not initially like that song because it just was not, it, it had that too much goddamn country in it. And I just, I can't, I can't do country music, man. I just, I don't know why. I don't know what it is about it. I just can't get behind it. But once I fucking gave it a chance and started and heard it multiple times and I'm like, ah, fuck, I, I caught, caught myself doing the, you know, snapping along or doing it. I'm like, ah, fuck, this is kind of good. And then another one would be, so well, one of my buddies, he, he fucking, he's the typical, he's like your typical fucking redneck kind of guy. He, he loves that country rap shit. And I love rap music. So he was just, oh man, you should really listen to this, blah, blah, blah. And I said, okay, okay, buddy, let me go ahead and give this a try. So I said, you send me some fucking 
Apple Music shit, and we'll fucking I'll I'll listen to it. And so I listened to it, and I just was like, <laughs> this is poor garbage white trash music. It's terrible. I hate it. And then I listened to a couple more songs, and I'm like, mm, damn, all right, that one had a couple good lines in it. And then I'm like, mm, damn, the beat was pretty good on this one. And then I'm like, ah man, like I, I again want to hate it, but because it's like it's technically country. But it's also rap music, so then I'm just kind of like, ah, shit. And that took me a while to kind of like, where now, if I hear some of those songs, I will just be like, oh, yeah, like, this, 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 this is good. But it did take me a while to get into that. I was not into it at the beginning. So, what about you? Do you have any uh, things that took you a while to get into? Yeah, uh, if I had this, this isn't like a ideal example, because it's an artist I'm already familiar with, but they took their music in a interesting direction of uh-huh. like what you would expect so when the gorillas came out with their album called plastic beach in 2010 yeah uh i didn't initially like it because it was such a rapid departure departure from uh their previous album called demon days where you know it's got like the tracks like dare and and feel good mm-hmm. feel good ink and a bunch of other songs that i really enjoyed um this album plastic beach was not so much with the instrumentals, like actual guitars or anything. Yeah. Like it was all electronic music and I didn't like it for a good two or three years, Mm -hmm. but there was one song that I really liked called empire ants. And it's got this artist from, uh, I think the Netherlands, her name is, uh, well, I think the band's name is little dragon, but I don't remember what her, the, the vocalist is what her name is, but that song I always really enjoyed. And then, Eventually, I just kind of like kept revisiting that album uh, every now and then. Yeah. I just kind of go through like the track list. I'm like, I kind of like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it, it took it took two or three years before I actually came around to it. So, right. um, yeah, that's definitely like one of those things where you, you just have to. And I don't know, like, and maybe that album is probably like one of my favorites now. But I, I just think it's. Sometimes you just have to sit with music long enough to find out like if you like it or not or yeah. or if you really appreciate it is there there yeah. has to be like that whole period of time for you to to uh like come to terms with that music I suppose. Yeah, and and I guess I have an example of kind of the opposite of that of of liking something already just no matter what and not, you know, or going with it and not or giving it a, a like oh yeah, I like this before I even really fully listen to it or whatever. And that would probably be uh Linkin Park. Um, so obviously their first couple albums were, were very much what Linkin Park kind of has become, was known as. And then they put out this like remix album of where they kind of did more of a hip hop-y kind of remix thing. And that was really cool. And then after that, when they started going down this road, they kind of changed up what they were kind of doing and they, they didn't really switch genres, but it became their later albums became a lot different than that initial. And I guess maybe that went with age. And like, also I kind of grew up, I guess with them. So I feel like that kind of was why I just, I liked it all right. Like, even though a lot of people gave hate for a lot of those albums after I think minutes to midnight was the last one, but, or that, that everybody like really loved. And then after that, I, I remember just all those other albums, they were so drastically different in terms of what their sound was that, they got a lot of hate for it. People were like, this is garbage. I hate this. This is so dumb. Why can't you go back to the old Linkin Park? I don't. Okay. So I, I wasn't all that into Linkin Park yeah, itself, yeah. but what was Linkin Park 
originally was it the the because they're they're called new metal which was like the fat boy slim right it's kind of like rock and rap kind of jerked each other off into a cup and then they spun it around and said here you go like i i remember some of their albums when they were released but were is that what they started as or were they more rock i feel like like they started out more rock and the rap was just kind of um it wasn't even really rap. It was more of just full rock beats, and then Mike Shinoda would engineer a couple of things in the background, and then he would just talk. You know, he wouldn't really rap, but he would talk lyrics instead of actually singing them. And then Chester was obviously the fucking like, you know, the big voice, the vocal, you know, aspect of it, the epic, you know, vocalist or whatever. And so that's kind of where they were more rock slash metalish type deal, and then they slowly turned into featuring the the hip-hop aspect of it more and then kind of making it equal parts rock and equal parts kind of rap when was that was that like meteora yeah i think that was the second album was where they kind of started they realized oh okay maybe we can turn this up a little bit and then with reanimation was when they took all the previous songs that they did and they remixed all of them into they remixed all the rock shit into like heavy kind of more or the rock shit into more of like a rap type vibe and that kind of really up their stock and then i feel i felt like with the with the rap game or the hip-hop type stuff it was it's kind of smart because it's like they're uh, they're diversifying yeah yeah the fucking wu-tang thing to diversify diversify your bonds bonds. yeah that's Uh, exactly what they were doing but that then afterwards people said oh they went too mainstream or they became too commercial but i just kind of felt like they were tired of making that music because they had made you know I mean, because shit, it was taking them, you know, what, three three years or four years to make an album. So it's like you're working on this album for like three years at a time of this same type of shit. And then you do it for three albums and then you just go, fuck, all right, let's try something new. Especially, that's why like uh, they had Fort Minor, uh, Mike Shinoda did that side project, Fort Minor, which was more of, it was more of a hip hop type group where he could just engineer all the beats that he wanted and then not really have to worry about any kind of power rock or anything like that. Yeah, it was all just rap basically. And, um... That was cool too. I liked I liked Fort Minor, but that was where I think they said, okay, maybe we should just try something different. So they changed up their sound to where they became more. I don't even know what genre they would have been considered as later on. Probably more of alternative, I guess. They kind of went with like that kind of a sound. Yeah, I just remember minutes to midnight. I'm like, oh, um, where where did all the uh, where did all the hip hop stuff go? <laughs> like, yeah, that was kind of where they started to shift. That was like all the rock. It, 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 was, it was back to rock again. Yeah, it was uh. back to like more of like mainstream rock, I guess, you know? Yeah, and then eventually, I mean, well, that album, I, I think, I don't know if it went number one, but I just remember that track being used for Transformers. Like some yeah. of the tracks yeah, yeah. being used for Transformers and shit. But, uh, but yeah, that was the, the Linkin Park thing was an example of kind of the opposite where like, oh, I didn't care. I was gonna like it no matter what, you know. Even if it sucks, and I still don't know today if today if it if it, if, if it objectively is good or not. But to me, it is. So I'm just like, nope, I like it. I don't care. Go fuck yourselves. Linkin Park's my jam. I don't care. They could fucking literally literally make an album about flies buzzing. I'd be like, fuck yeah, this is amazing. This is the most amazing shit I've ever heard, man. Did you hear the new Linkin Park fly buzzing album? Oh, it was amazing. Well, now they're not gonna make any more new albums, but you know. Yeah, there's definitely some things I just. Uh I mean, it might just have to be with the artists themselves that I just I mark out for them. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. It's marking out. That's, that's, yeah, and it's like I don't care if this is garbage. I'm still gonna like it. I don't care. Shut yeah. up. You know. But uh, anyways, so all right. So I mean, we've already we've already gotten an hour out of that. Oh, okay? we have. Yeah, and we didn't even get to the main topic that you were like concerned about us not having enough time. Yeah. To talk about. Yeah. Or not having enough. Oh man, because we we both kind of said, well, we don't know if this topic is going to go anywhere. Or even if this episode's going to be that long, and it turns out we've already done an hour, so now it doesn't even matter. We can we can 
talk yeah. as long as we want about this. Yeah. And uh, no matter how short or long it is. But anyways, go ahead. You can. Uh, no, no. Oh, all right. So the, the topic here was we kind of touched on this a couple, one or two episodes ago. I don't remember exactly when, but we touched on a little bit of the fact of the potential. I may have willed something into the world that uh, fucking. Uh, don't you put that evil <laughs> on me, Ricky Bobby. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I may have willed something into the world regarding the uh, record companies and them creating their own essentially like Disney Plus type streaming service where they just have it so that you can only consume their artists uh, on this streaming service and that's it and you pay monthly or whatever. So we had sort of talked about that a little bit, but I wanted to do a little more of a deep dive into the potential for what I am going to, I just uh, thought of this off the top of my head, but essentially the future, potential dystopian future of fucking music because to me that's kind of what it would be if a record company were to take and say, we're pulling all their shit off of everything else and we're gonna say guess what buddy you are gonna be on our app you're gonna be on what is it what's the like sony warner like what's the big one uh sony music entertainment uh universal music and and uh warner music so yeah so let's say each one of them says oh man we're gonna just create our own music stream we're gonna make our own spotify with blackjack and hookers and you guys can all go fuck yourselves because we're gonna we're gonna keep all the money and Honestly, I'm surprised that they haven't done that yet just because of, again, I think, and I think I mentioned this a little bit last time, but to go deeper into it, the success that those types of things have, if you look at Disney Plus, right, they pulled all their shit off of everything else and said, nope, it's going only on our thing. And obviously they're making a shit ton of money or else they wouldn't, they wouldn't keep doing it. They wouldn't be able to fund all the new shit that they're making. You know, because that's what they're using. I'm sure they're using their Disney Plus money to make all these new shows, and essentially, it's it's bringing them in even more Disney Plus money. So why wouldn't a record company then say, "Hey, man, they were successful in the uh, motion picture and television medium. Why couldn't we do this same fucking thing with music and essentially turn it into our own stre- streaming platform? Everybody pays." Four ninety nine a month, whatever the fucking cost is, and you say every you get access to everything because again, Apple Music basically already has the infrastructure for that. Essentially, is you pay a monthly fee and you have access to everything that they have in their Apple Music library. I don't know how the licensing works. I don't know how any of that shit works. But at the end of the day, that's a thing that already exists. So why wouldn't the record companies then say, "Well, fuck, Apple's making paying nine nine charging people nine ninety nine a month." Why wouldn't we, and we're only, maybe the record company's only getting a dollar or two dollars a month out of that. Who knows? I don't know what the split is, but it ain't, I think they ain't getting $9.99 a month. I can tell you that much. So if they're getting $3 a month, why don't they say, fuck it, we'll pull all our people off of there and we'll go ahead and make our own streaming service and charge $5 a month. So now instead of making three, we're making five and you know, shit, then we're able to feature more stuff like uh, okay like spotify is kind of a similar type thing right or or then now they're buying like the joe rogan podcast they bought that for fucking whatever a hundred million dollars or whatever the fucking ridiculous number was yeah and it makes you wonder are they doing that because they want to create original content for their platform or is that a safeguard for the catalogs of artists eventually pulled off. That's also what I think too, is because now that they've locked up Joe Rogan for 10 years, if they feel or they see that there is a possibility or they have this inkling that this shit's going to happen in the next couple of years or however long they're hedging their bets because if, if they get all their music pulled from them, well, Spotify is just basically nothing. It becomes a glorified podcast fucking app. And if they say, Hey, we need to start purchasing content to put on here for when this shit comes down because guess what i'm sure their listenership has just 
immensely gone up since they are the exclusive home of the Joe Rogan podcast, right? So now that once they're, and maybe people stick around and listen to the music just because, you know what I'm saying? They're already there for that. Ah, we'll, we'll do that as a side bonus. But that's not the main attraction. The main attraction is this one specific juggernaut of a podcast. And now that it's the exclusive home of it, once all the music gets pulled, well, people are still going to come there for that. Because, I mean, in my opinion, Spotify has just become the Joe Rogan Podcast Network. Like, that's or the Joe Rogan Podcast app. That's basically all it is. Um, and I think for most people that have Spotify, or have a Spotify subscription, it's probably so they don't have to hear the ads uh, that come out within the show or whatever, because they, they Spotify puts its own ads in there. So I'm sure that you pay, but if you pay the premium, well, you don't got to listen to the ads. So I'm sure most people, that's what they use it for, is just to listen to Joe Rogan, right? So it would make well, sense. I, use it for, I mean, I, I would say a lot of people use it for the music, but the, the bonus of having the Joe Rogan podcast can't hurt you. Well, no, well, I think that, a lot of people that come there for the Joe Rogan podcast, that what I was saying is that they just use it for that. I don't think they're oh, okay, necessarily yeah, yeah. listening to the music part of it. Yeah. But that audience, that segment of audience is so large that even if the music goes away and all the other people that are there just for the music go away, oh, I see. they're still going to make money because yeah, like, they still have a huge audience. They paid $100 million for that demographic. Yeah, basically. And they paid $100 million to say, cool, we're paying $10 million a year over 10 years or whatever. I think that's what the numbers are. $10 million a year over 10 years. And we're basically saying, we, we know that just off of this podcast, we're going to make more than $10 million a year in advertising. Because otherwise, it, if it's not financially feasible, then there's no fucking point. So they have to be, I would imagine, at least doubling their fucking money on advertising just off of what they're getting from this guy, from from him, and that's how they're able to pay him ten million dollars a year. Because if they're bringing in twenty, well, they're pocketing ten and they're paying him ten. So ten million dollars is still a shit ton of money that you can run basically an internet podcast app. I mean, you don't if if it comes down to it, they can just say fuck it. We can downsize all our all our corporate offices, and we can tell people to just do shit from home. As COVID proved, you can basically run everything from from your house and your living room. Have all remote employees. You can just drastically decrease your overhead, and then hell, you're just basically the Joe Rogan podcast app at that point. And then potentially purchase other podcasts, purchase other content to say, hey, we're going to pay you to be the exclusive, this is the exclusive place where you can get this. So it'd be like, oh, if they came to us and said, hey guys, we're going to pay you, you know, uh, $1,500 a month and you are going to produce two shows a month or whatever and you're going to they're only going to go here. They're only going to go on this fucking website. So all of our listeners that, that would come. And I think that's something that they're probably, maybe they blew their load with the whole Joe Rogan thing and they're spending $10 million a month. So maybe they don't need to buy a bunch of other ones. But if you look at some of the other uh, music streaming apps or whatever, I mean, I don't fucking remember any of them off the top of my head, but there's other ones out there. I'm sure that if they want to survive, that they will probably start going that route. And I think that, because again, they telegraphed it with this whole Disney Plus thing and, and all this shit going to its own thing is everything came off of Netflix because Netflix was the exclusive home of basically, it was the only streaming platform around for you know most things. And then once all these corporate, like HBO started doing its own thing, they started pulling shit off of there. Then And once you saw those contracts expire and those things leave, that's when you knew, oh shit, this, they're going to make their own. Like They're going to have their own thing soon. And I think that will be something that will kind of telegraph if this is going to happen is you'll start to see, oh, on Spotify, artists that you followed or playlists that you had of certain artists that are under contract with certain corp or uh, record labels, they will just start to disappear. And then, in my opinion, if they're smart, Sony and the big three or whatever we want to call them, right? If they 
start taking and licensing deals with the smaller uh, record labels that are out there and saying, hey, we'll do a license deal with you where we will have your artist put on our streaming app. Yeah, I could see that. And it's the exclusive home. So now, no one, they're going to lock up everything. All music will only be able to be consumed for the most part unless you pay for it, like each song, like it used to be. It, the only way you can stream it and do it on a monthly subscription is going to be through one of their their services. And yeah, sure, there's going to be the holdouts, there's going to be the independents, but they're probably just going to get buried as usually is what ends up happening because they only got one or two you know artists on there and then that's it. You know, because I mean, really, making your own app at this point is pretty fucking easy, and you know, you could really go on Fiverr and like we could go on Fiverr and pay somebody to make uh, a fucking app that is just the Game Rage app, right? Well, I mean the those companies probably have their whole own. They have their own division where they can. Just right, have that's what I'm saying. There. So they would have, they would be able to enter the smaller record labels is what I'm talking about. Oh, the really yeah, small yeah, ones. Yeah, yeah. They could just go on Fiverr and pay somebody a couple hundred bucks to make a fucking app that can play their fucking shit. And you and then you put your your artists on there. And yeah, you could do that. It's going to be lower and cost cost efficient. But that's when you get into the thing of they will probably eventually cave because the cost of what it's making or costing them to keep that service going will likely be. Uh, it will be more lucrative for them to just sign the deal with Sony or Universal or whoever and say, oh, fuck, well, instead of us spending, you know, a couple thousand dollars a month on keeping this app going, well, now we're making 10 grand a month in letting our artists shit go over there. And yeah, sure. I don't know how that licensing works with that in terms of what the artist gets. I know it's probably pennies on the fucking dollar of what the actual artist gets in terms. And that's another thing that I feel like, with the advent of this type of technology, I feel like that's just another way for them to screw the artists out of, out of getting paid, you know, what their due is essentially, because an artist was able to just say, fuck it, I'm going to release my own independent album and I'm just going to keep all the money myself. Um, and like standup comedians kind of did that back in like 10 years ago or 15 years ago when iTunes started becoming like a real big thing, they started just saying, fuck it. Instead of signing a deal with some company to make my special, I'm just going to do, I go do standup anyways. I'm just going to record it myself and then put it out as a, as an MP3 or whatever. And then people will pay five bucks for it. And I think Louis CK was the first one to actually do that. And he made a shit. He made like the most money he's ever made on a standup CD because he didn't fucking deal with any of the shit and get the pennies on the dollar for what it was. And that's one of the things that, not to go on a rant, but I think it's kind of fucked about the whole music industry in general is, yeah, in the past it's been where basically the record company makes all the money off of your album, right? That's how they're going to recoup them funding you and getting you going, right? And then where the artist generally makes their money is through their live performances, like the concerts. And the merch. And the merch. That's where they generally are going to make their nut is through that. But making the actual music, it, the record company owns it all. So it's getting all this shit played out there and you're not really seeing anything out of it other than maybe people coming to your shows and buying your merchandise. Yeah, so uh, we, can, we can quickly tie like a, a current event going on in music is that mm-hmm. a lot of artists, uh, this one famous manager... His name's Scooter Braun. Uh-huh. He manages like Ariana Grande, Taylor Swift, and uh, Justin Bieber and a few other artists or uh-huh. some shit. Very high-end clients, right? Yeah, okay. Um, there was an issue that arose with Taylor Swift's catalog that this guy ended up owning the rights to her music. Uh-huh. And Taylor Swift, I don't think, was too pleased with that. So she ended up recording like her first couple albums over again so she could have the rights oh. to the music 
I mean, they were, they were still the songs, but they were redone in a different way. But yeah, they belong to her. Yeah. And now this guy is, I don't, we don't know. Well, I don't know what the reason is that all these artists are walking away, but if that wasn't enough to piss off an artist, uh, or, uh, just people in general, I mean, shit, I can only imagine what this dude did for all the artists to like walk away. Like, oh, yeah. Is, so I don't just, just kind of like a interesting topic to tie into this specific thing as yeah. far as like owning music and shit. But, um, to add to the subject of will fucking, uh, will, will we see record labels creating streaming services, man, man, I don't want to bring that evil or <laughs> I don't want that evil to exist, but I, I feel like it's an imminent thing. Oh yeah. Um, and also it'd be like a weird battle for like, independent artists because yeah they're well, what do they do at that point because then they still i guess they would want to stay on spotify because right if they're not making it's not spotify like what i imagine it to be to artists is that you're you're not really concerned with making money on it right, right. Like, you're not getting paid really out of it the only thing it really does, I guess you could say, is giving your music a chance to be heard to other people right. and like the accolades that you get from it it's kind of like a marketing tool. It's yeah, like, yeah. oh my God, I've got 30 million streams on fucking on Spotify on whatever, Spotify, yeah. or I am on a edited playlist or yeah. what, it, you know, something along those lines. So like for them, it makes sense. Like the, the independent artist to stay on Spotify in that scenario if record labels decide to pull all the great artists that we love. Maybe it actually elevates the new artists on like Spotify itself to give yeah. them a chance. Cause now everybody that's moved away to these, new streaming platforms from the record labels it's like well what's left over and like how would you feel about let's say like lincoln park i forgot what record label they're assigned to and you only could hear them and you have to pay 15 or 20 dollars a month or whatever it might be for a family plan yeah yeah um at that point i i think an interesting thing arises where people give up on nostalgia and they really put that shit to rest we're like you know, I don't really know if I want to pay $15 to listen to Nirvana or fucking uh, Linkin Park. I might just spend $5 to listen to Spotify to hear all these new artists that are... Yeah, that could that could be a, a, a side effect. I think that would be a likely minimal side effect in terms of people that would do it. Because there's... Back to the, to the artist thing, you're going to have holdouts. Just like with this, you're going to have holdouts. You're going to have people that are like, nope, I ain't paying no $15.99 a month. I'm going to keep my Spotify subscription. I'm going to find some new shit to listen to. And then you're going to have the artists that go, nope, I'm not taking your $2,500 a month there, Sony, to put me on your stupid app. I'm going to keep my fucking own shit on, on everything. And it becomes where then you have, okay, like, like with us, with this, right? Okay, if, if we had somebody breathing down our neck, like, hey, man, we'll give you this amount of money and you just put our podcast. Hey, if Spotify comes up to us, like, hey, man, we'll, we'll give you 2500 bucks a month and you just put your podcast on here. But like, you know, oh, it's, it's only going to be on here and you can't talk about anything else and you blah, blah. I would probably have to really heavily consider that because that's kind of the whole point of like doing this, right? And the same thing is to, to be independent and to have control over your product and not have anybody else telling you what the fuck to do with it because once you start affecting someone's bottom line with your content, then they're going to start telling you what you can and can't do. And that's the whole point of this is I, I want to be able to do whatever the fuck we want to do. And it'd be, and I know there's, I, we would be one of those holdouts and then you'd have 
artists that I feel like there are a, a, a decent amount of them, and who knows, eventually the money's gonna get to them. Uh, we'll get to you eventually, right? The money, the, the, it will eventually be like, fuck, man, I had a bad month, and you know what? Fuck, man, this is my job, and like, uh, I'm just gonna take this this easy twenty five hundred or three grand a month, and basically this is just gonna be my salary, and I'm gonna put my shit on there, and I'll make only new shit just for them, and you know, whatever they'll. I'm sure there's gonna be bonuses for if you have so many fucking certain streams or listens or whatever. I'm sure they'll have some kind of plan set up like that, and there will be the holdouts though that will say no fucking way. I'm not letting them control my shit. And that's when it would be cool to see a community of those like minded individuals get together and say, hey. Let's just let's get together and start maybe working together. Let's start doing own. Let's start maybe combining our audiences. Let's start fucking building our own small network to say, hey, fuck everybody else. Fuck the man. We're going to make our own. We're going to keep our own little independent, you know, uh, streaming app. And we're just going to do it all together and say, nah, man, we're going to be all on this and we're going to be in it together. And yeah, we're not going to make as much fucking money, but at least at the end of the day, we're still going to have control. And realistically, you could end up making more money depending how you do it. Like with the Louis CK example I gave of like, and I don't know if there's any, I'm sure there's plenty of music examples of that where, a, where an artist was with a label and then let their deal go and expire. And then they put out their next album on whatever iTunes by themselves did it for cheaper and then just fucking ended up making way more money than they did on any other other record, you know, deals that they've had. So I'm sure that there's a case for that. And I'm sure that some of the bands that are out there would rather say, fuck it, I'm just going to do it myself. If their small label is going to then just take money to put them on this major app. And then again, the trickle down, they're not going to see much. So I feel like you'll have a lot of those holdouts where they say, nope, we're going to fucking just keep this here. And that'll keep Spotify going. That'll keep, you know, and as far as people consuming that, that I don't know. I don't know how many people, again, like I said, there's going to be holdouts that are going to say, I'm not paying this money. I want to just do this. But then there's going to be the majority of people where, as we talked about earlier, nostalgia is a hell of a drug. So I do think that that will get people to pay for shit that they necessarily weren't paying for before. They'll have three different music subscriptions at $4.99 a month to be able to listen to all their same shit that they've been listening to, you know? Yeah. And I I was reading an article about like how tech itself was supposed to be Kind of like this game change. Oh no, my headset. Oh shit. Uh, some, something got pulled out. Hello. Is that better? Oh, there we go. All right. Uh, so Netflix was like this affordable thing, right? Where you yeah. can watch all these great movies. Right. And now it's like all these streaming apps are becoming as as expensive as cable yeah. itself. Oh yeah. So it's like there will come a point to where all that's gonna crash for sure. Like, like th- with the record label thing, if they end up yeah. having four, like if you end up paying like. 10 bucks for like each four, one four yeah. like, you're, you're gonna say fuck that i'm listening to new artists like, yeah yeah exactly yeah. and and that's the other thing of why they're going to try i feel like they're going to try so hard to lock up as many new artists as they can in these deals so that there is not really an option for you to go out and try to do this because this is like the only game in town you're gonna have to pick one of us and christ you're gonna end up picking all three of us because it's the same thing with yeah you started out paying six bucks a month 10 bucks a month for all these streaming services and now I am literally paying, I, I dropped cable or DirecTV because it was like 150 bucks a month, right? And I was able to pay, you know, probably 60 with all the streaming services. And so I'm paying like a third of what I was. Now, because of all the increases and everything split off and become its own thing, now I'm probably playing closer to 100, maybe even more a month just in streaming services. And it's like, well, shit, I want to be able to watch this shit. And it's that WWE network type 
uh, of mentality where they said, and that's what I think that they're really going to do is they're going to take that advantage and say, hey, not only can you listen to all the old shit, but any new shit that any of these artists creates, day one, it's going to be on here for you to listen to as part of your subscription. So you're going to get all the new albums, you can get all the new singles, you get all the new everything, and goddamn Christmas specials, whatever. It's all going to be on here, and you're going to fucking love it, and you're going to consume it, and we're all going to make a shit ton of money, and nobody's going to get paid except for us because fuck this place. Like That's mm. what's going to happen, I feel like. That's, yeah. that's the inevitability, and that's where corporate greed is going to fucking take over, and it, as it has already, I mean, essentially. And yes, I do think maybe a Eventually, most people will get tired of that, but as if anything, as it's shown with the streaming service shit, they just keep raising the prices and motherfuckers just keep paying. Just like with Netflix, they just did this thing where they, um, this is not related in terms of music, but I think it's related in the concept where they just did that thing where you can't password share anymore, right? They used to have commercials that were literally saying password sharing. Oh, we encourage it. We love it. Keep doing it. Now they're like, oh, no, no, no. We want to get $8.99 a month out of each and every single one of you motherfuckers. You got four people, $8.99 a month or $9.99 a month. That's $40. And it's now we're only getting 10. Go fuck yourselves. We want that fucking extra 30 bucks. And guess what? Everybody said the same shit. Oh, we're all canceling our Netflix accounts. They're fucking... Their fucking profits increased the quarter that they did that. They fucking like doubled because all the assholes that were sharing accounts said, fuck it. I guess for 10 bucks, I'll just buy my own fucking account. And that's what ended up happening. And same thing. Now, Disney's saying the same thing. They're saying, oh, we're going to eliminate password sharing just like Netflix because we want that $9.99 a month for you. And guess what? They're going to make fucking way more money because all the people that were password sharing are going to fucking cave and buy it. And that's what I think will happen with the music thing is that people are just going to cave and they're just going to do it. And it's this, it's this society. And I know I'm going on a rant, but it's this fucking, (laughs) we live in a society. Yeah. It's this fucking society of micro fucking transactions. And that's what every single thing that we do has become. It's become micro transaction. This, Oh, it's only two 99 a month for this. It's three 99 a month for that. Well, fuck man. Why can't I just pay $15 for the album? Every fucking five years, they put out a goddamn album instead of you got me locked up for three 99 a month for basically until I die. And this is why I think that to go on a side tangent, this is why I think they'll never cure any diseases because they want to keep us alive. They, they will just make us be able to live as long as possible because they're going to keep us alive as long as we can. So we keep paying those monthly subscriptions and we keep working. And that's why they're going to keep raising the fucking retirement age to fucking 70 and 80 and 90. And they, I read this thing they did. It says, if, if you're alive right now and you're under 50, you will live to be uh, over a hundred. You're going to live to be like 120 or 130. And they said, likely you will probably live to be 150. And I said, Jesus Christ, that sounds miserable. Cause that means I won't be able to retire till I'm a hundred and goddamn 20 years old by the time I get up there. So that means I've got a little, literally another fucking like I'm, I'm 35. So I've literally got almost another hundred years. I could, I'm still going to be able to work at that point. I got another, you know, 85 fucking years that I have to maintain my life in this fucking, in the workforce to survive. Right. And all because of these goddamn microtransactions. So yes, I do think speaking this into, into the world was fucking a mistake. However, I can't be, we can't be the first motherfuckers that have talked about I'm sure they've already thought about it. They've, I'm sure they're already planning it as we speak. And, um, all right. So anyways, uh, that ends that let's end that here. Um, do you have any, any other things to add just real quick or no? Uh, I think, if we do make an episode two or not an episode two, if we we're making more episodes, but right, uh, yeah. I think we could continue this topic in the future. Yeah. But I do have other things that I just thought of, like just 
doing yeah uh doing this particular podcast that we can save for the next oh, one. Oh, good you write them down so that way yeah no i got I, it's all up here no write them down <laughs> motherfuckers you're gonna forget <laughs> all, right, right? all right anyways all right cool well uh this will we'll abruptly end this episode now yeah. uh because unfortunately there's a couple of things that we have to go do yeah. but we will end it here and we will maybe continue this conversation later so if you listen this far thank you for listening and we will see you uh next time all right peace out that was the game rage music show thanks for listening